Welcome to the Inez Franklin Teaching and Sermons Podcast. Inez is a teaching pastor, public speaker, and founder at trochia.org. Learn more about Inez at www.inezfranklin.com. We hope this teaching brings you guidance, connection, or tools as we seek God together today. Enjoy the teaching. the best chapter ever because we believe that in this chapter there's such powerful truths that are life transforming. And so I am so glad that every week we're taking this step by step. Jack started us last week. I get to do uh, a big chunk of passages. So are you ready? We're going to go fast and hurry in a hurry with lots of good stuff. So wake up, wake up, wake up. You ready? But let me just read the word of God first. And if you want to stand, please feel free to do so. It's our way of saying it's God's word. We want to let it bathe on me. So as I read these words, feel free to stand. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, as Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also Bring your mortal bodies to life through the spirit who lives in you. I want to say amen already, right? Are you with me? So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the spirit you put to death death the deeds of the body, you will live. That is the word of God. Praise be to God, right? Now, On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say would be your range uh, when it comes to asking for directions when you're driving, all right? So the one, you like never ask, you've got it together, you know, you figure it out, and frankly, getting a little lost is an adventure because you learn about new places. 10 is like, nope, the minute I get in my car, I put on the address, I look at the app, I ask my friend for, you know, what's, the, what's in the corner, is it a building, is it a plant, whatever. Uh, I want to know exactly where I'm going and how to get there. I do not want to get lost. So think for a second, scale 1 to 10, how good are you are asking for directions? Got your number? T- tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, m- m- tell someone. Okay, I just asked you to tell a number. You're a chatty talk. Just a number, just a number, guys. Okay, in 2015, Jim and I traveled to India to visit a missionary partner. And when we arrived at the airport, his son, Sam, 25 years old, uh, greeted us at the airport and said, okay, well, I'm going to take you today to a seminary up into the mountains of India. Uh, it's going to take us about three hours to get there. We're like, we're a little tired, but we're like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. Let's not waste any time. 
So we get in the car and we start driving along and India is such an adventure. Oh my goodness, it's just a crazy place to drive and cars do not follow lines. There are no lines on the roads. Uh, we had a group recently go to India, just literally a, a few weeks ago, and she said they finally put lines on the roads, but they don't know how to read the lines, so they're actually driving on the line, not between the lines. So it's kind of crazy there. And so um, our friend is driving along. All of a sudden, he stops, and he talks to a person, obviously, in their language, and we don't know what's happening, so we thought it was a friend or something. We keep driving along, and a few minutes later, he stops again, and he asks for uh, something. Now I can tell it's a question because the guy starts to answer and point and, and sort of use his body in a way of going, wait, he's asking for directions, you know? And so after about four times of this, after every few moments, we finally said, Sam, do you know where you're going? And he's like, oh, oh yes, oh, well, it's just a different way than I normally go to the seminary, so I'm asking for directions. And I said, is it wise to ask people on the street for directions? I mean, if we did that in the U.S., we'd be sent totally in the wrong direction just as a prank, right? And he's like, well, no, here you ask anyone for directions, and they'll be happy to tell you exactly which way to go. This is how we care for one another, which proves this point. To the extent at which you are willing to ask for directions has to do with whether or not you trust the source of directions. So if, it's, if you're at a one, you at least trust yourself a whole lot, right? And once in a while, you're willing to trust someone else for directions. If you're at 10, it's because you really trust your app or your map book, if you still have one of those oldies, or your friend who gives you directions. But you, you trust the source. That's why you're willing to ask. And so as we're going to look at today, we're going to see that we're looking at this passage, and Paul is talking to us about being led by the Spirit. And I want us to, to see that we're going to see today how it is that we are to respond to the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, and how are we to respond to the Holy Spirit? How are we to ask for the Holy Spirit to give us directions. Now, I don't know about you, the Holy Spirit is the most mysterious member of the Trinity, right? We, we kind of know the Father created us. We know Jesus saved us. It's pretty easy for us to talk about the Father, to talk about Jesus on a regular basis. But how many of us go around saying, I just prayed to the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit told me to do this? I mean, some of us do, but I don't think I use or I talk about the Holy Spirit as much as I do the Father or Jesus. Anybody else with me? right? We kind of don't, right? And the Holy Spirit, Scripture tells us, was the gift from God. Jesus, in John chapter 16, says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Jesus says, it is better for me to leave so that the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, comes because He has a very important role in your life. And so it, it's, we should know who the Holy Spirit is. And the Scripture tells us that he assures us, he empowers us, he gives us gifts, he teaches us, he purifies us, he unites us as a body. I mean, there's a lot to take in. And when you read today's passage, listen, if you counted, there's a lot of spirit being talked about here. In fact, the whole letter of Romans, Paul uses or talks about the Holy Spirit, he mentions him 30 times. But in this chapter alone, he mentions them at least 19 to 20 times. There's one verse that's translated differently depending on your translation, but the majority of the time, Paul is talking about the Spirit. This is his main 
teaching on the Holy Spirit. You want to know what the Holy Spirit is? This is the day to learn. This is the day to be reminded about the Holy Spirit. And Paul says this, there are two kinds of people. That's it. There are two kinds of people. It's a fork in the road. If you reach a fork in the road, you've got to take one way or the other. There is no third way, right? There's only two ways. He says there's only two kinds of people. He's talking to the Romans who were Gentiles and Jews, and they were a mix of people. They were masters and slaves, women and children. They were men. They were, they were people that were of high economic status, people who were not, very religious people, people who were not. There were all kinds of people there. And Paul says, look, there's only two kinds of people in this gathering. And he's talking to a group of people who are gathering just like we are gathering today. And he divides them into these two kinds. So I want to slow down and read this uh, portion of verse 5 through 8 so we can actually see very clearly these two people. He says, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on things of the flesh. Now, I I love that Paul is sort of immediately saying, let me tell you about one group of people, people who live according to the flesh. And then he says, but those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on things of the spirit. I want to pause for a moment. Three words that I want to just point out. One is that word according which in Greek is kata, and it's a word having to do with uh, coming down from, being, being, it's like an authority over. uh, And and I would say kata is similar to when you say, uh, according to my friend Mike, this restaurant is the best restaurant in town, which means that you made a decision to go to this restaurant simply because someone else's opinion ruled over your decision, right? And so that's what he's saying. Those who live according, being ruled over, right, being instructed by, directed by the flesh. What is the flesh? Again, a Greek word named sarx, and that has to do, yes, with not just our skin, right? When we think flesh, we all think skin. But no, our whole being, our body, our physical body, and not just our body, but the material world, our body being the only part we have control over, right? We only have control over our bodies, but truly the material world, the earthly world, the things that are tactile. He says those who are ruled by, by the world, those have, are different than those who are ruled by the spirit. And he says, he talks about the mind. And man, when you read this, you're hearing mind, mindset, mindset, and you kind of get confused by that, right? So he says, those who have their minds, their thinking, their decision-making authority being led by the Spirit, in other words, influenced by the flesh or the Spirit, right? They're different. And then he says, the flesh has an actual mindset, a way of thinking. He says, the mindset of the flesh is death. The material world the way it thinks, the way a place it leads is death. Now, that ought to make us stop for a moment. Think about that. The mindset of the material world, the way it thinks, the places it leads us, is death. There was a season where humanity hit this place of enlightenment, and they felt like, you know what? We are always going to be better. We just have to get smarter. We just have to work at it. And humanity will increase in its goodness and its quality over time. And that was, I don't know, it was in the 1800s, 1900s when the, that team came. But 
By the 20th century, that was proven to be wrong. The 20th century was the bloodiest century ever in all of human history. So, and we know this. We see it in our world. We have one trajectory. If we just go by the way of the world, it has one trajectory. It may seem good for a while, but overall, there's more violence, right? There's more destruction. There's more division. There's more separation. It has one mindset. Unfortunately, that mindset leads to death. And Paul says, if you are led by that mindset, it leads you to death. But the mindset of the Spirit, now the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has a totally different mindset, and that is life and peace. Of course, when you read Scripture, right from the beginning in Genesis, you see the Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. What does the Spirit do right from the beginning? It brings life. It is the Spirit who causes Mary to be pregnant, to have a child. The Spirit always brings life. And it brings peace. It puts all things right, all things as they should be. And he says, listen, there are only two kinds of people. Those who are led by the flesh, the material, the earthly, those who are led by the spirit. And they have two different outcomes. Bork in the road, two choices, whether you like it or not. And he says this about the people who are led by the flesh. He says, The flesh is hostile to God. Oh, my goodness. Hostile to God. It is always intending to separate from God, right? The flesh cannot please God. It says it can't, it's unable to actually please God. Clearly, the spirit can because it is God himself. So the big question is like, okay, which way are we choosing? And Paul is putting this out here, black and white for us, so that it's like no question about it. We have to choose who will lead us? We have, and that's a question for you and I this morning. Who is actually leading us? Who's leading you? When you think for a minute, the decisions that you make, the way you go about life, who's leading you? Paul says there's no middle way. And when he's talking to a group of people, obviously in this massive group of people, you had some who were Christ followers, Jesus followers, but I'm sure in that room there were people who like had no clue who Jesus was or were there to figure out who Jesus was. And Paul is talking to both. He's talking to those who don't know about Jesus and he's talking to those who do. But he makes a point of talking to those who are followers. He says, you, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. He says, listen, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have received the seal of the Holy Spirit. You have been marked by God. He says, you are mine. That one's mine. She's mine. He's mine. That one's mine. And when God identifies you as his because you chose to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you accepted that You are broken on your own, that you could not overcome sin on your own. And you understood that God in his love sent his son to give you life. And you accepted the gift of grace that comes through Jesus. That moment, the seal of God was placed on you and the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to you. And when the Holy Spirit comes into town, he rules. 
When he's in our lives, he rules, he leads, that is it. It's not like you can control it or tell the spirit not to. And while he's a gentleman and he'll let you do your thing, at the same time, he is still trying to speak spirit to spirit, always, always, always trying to guide us. And Paul is saying, remember that. Remember that you have been selected. You have been marked by the gift of the spirit. The spirit is already living in you. Now, some of you in here today, you, don't, you haven't put your trust in Jesus. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't accepted the gift of his grace. Maybe today is a great day to say, yes, Jesus, I want. I want to receive the gift of the Spirit. I want to receive your grace. I want to receive life to the fullest. I want to be led by you and not led by this world. I'm done with that. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I always end up in the dead end. I want to receive it. And today is a really good day to do it. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's a really great day to remember because, you know, St. Patrick, he went to the gospel to Ireland. He brought the good news of Jesus Christ. It's celebrated every year. People dress up funny on that day. So listen, you'll remember this day forever. So if that's you today, I want you to start thinking and asking God, is this the day I need to get up and say, I believe? I'm going to give you a moment to do that later, but think about it, all right? This is what Paul says. When the Spirit comes into our life, already a battle rages within us because the Spirit and the flesh are not the same. They don't care about the same things, and there's going to be a bit of a battle. He says the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. And the spirit desires what is against the flesh. They are opposed to each other. And so therefore, if there's a struggle in us, that is proof that the Holy Spirit is in us. Not that there isn't. I don't know about you, but there are times where I used to think this. I thought, man, if the Holy Spirit, if God, the creator of everything is in me, how is it that I still struggle with these certain things? Anybody else with me? They're like, shouldn't I be like much better by now? Shouldn't I be like all like pure? right? But the reality is that there's a real struggle. We are still in our physical bodies. We are still in this earthly experience, and therefore, there is still that struggle. But the fact that there's a struggle shows that the Spirit is working in your heart, that the Spirit is trying to combat that which the flesh wants to lead you to. The Spirit that brings life is trying to destroy the Spirit that brings death. And we, we have to engage and let those things happen. And Paul says to us, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are here. In other words, pay attention to what the Spirit is doing in your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide you, right? Because you have received the Spirit, Paul is saying, stay on track. Don't be led for things that are not eternal. Now, and when we were in India with Sam, we started to go up the hill to this uh, seminary. And Sam is telling us how um, his uncle was a mayor of, or something like that in India of a particular area. And he was uh, quite Americanized. So he put lines on the sides of the roads, you know, like we have here. We're so, we're so spoiled here. Do you realize that? I mean, all the nice things that we have, the little left turn lights in Orange County, it's like you never have to make a left turn and risk your life, you know how you do in L.A. Um, but in, in India, right? <laughs> in India, the, you know, he put these lines on the side of the road and in the middle of the road, and we're like pretty grateful because as we're riding, it started raining. I, know, I, mean, I don't mean like raining like it rains in Southern California. We're talking like pouring monsoon kind of rain. It's pouring down, and we're going up this hill, and 
All of a sudden, it's not just raining. It is so foggy. It's like a white wall right in front of us. And oh, I was so grateful for those lines. You know, life can be like that. Life can be, and you might be are here today, and you're thinking, yeah, my life is kind of a mess, man. I'm lucky that I'm here, and I don't even know how I got here, and I don't even know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow. I think I'm, something's going to happen. Something has to happen because I'm that close. I don't even know what to do next, right? And I remember thinking, thank goodness for those lines. I don't know where I'm going, but those lines are keeping us right where we're supposed to be because we knew this. Before it started raining and it got foggy, there was a massive cliff on this side, and if we took one small turn, I don't even know where we would land, okay? So we're going along, and we're just paying attention to these lines, and Sam's driving nice and slow, and um, all of a sudden, the lines on the side disappear. Well, that's not good. And, and I'm thinking, but that's okay, because we had the line in the middle. And so every so often, we'd be driving, and to be like nothing. Oh, there's another, you know, the little piece of line. We'll follow that one, you know? And we're like staying as close to it as we could. And then all of a sudden, it got worse. The line in the middle disappeared. His uncle's area was done. And the next mayor did not keep it going. So now all we have is a blank line, pitch dark. I don't even know. We were moving like two miles an hour. We were moving so slow. There was no place to turn around. We didn't know whether we should turn right or left. We're just going up this hill, little by little by little by little. And I remember sitting in the back my husband was in the front. I was praying. I was praying, thinking, Jesus, pray, pray, pray. Jesus, a time to come. Holy Jesus. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, and I was quiet, but not quiet. You know what I'm saying? I think I was quiet, but my teeth were chittering. We could say, Sam, are you okay? Have you done this before? Uh, and Sam knew where to go. He had been on this mountain before. He knew India very well. He knew the mindset of the drivers. He knew that others would be doing the same thing. He was, he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, we're fine. He's 25 years old thinking, no, you're not. We're going to die right here. <laughs> but I'm praying, praying, praying. And thank goodness we got there. You know, I ch thank goodness I did not say, Sam, stop the car. Get out of the car. I'm driving. <laughs> but I thought it. How many of us would be like, just, you're 25 years old, you don't know what you're doing, let me take care of it. Those of you who said you have a one on asking for directions, you would be right there too. You're like, I'm driving this thing. And isn't that the case that we do that ourselves in our own lives? To me, that is a picture of our journey with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. He's trying to take us places, and some of it might seem to us like it's dangerous waters. Some of in life, we might find ourselves with a blank wall before us. We don't even know where we're going, if we're going to survive this or not. He's going, I got this. I got this. Just trust me. I'm leading you. And you're like, no, get out of the way. Let me drive this truck. We not do that. And Paul's saying, listen, don't, don't take over because... The mindset of the flesh is going to lead to death. That's like you're taking over the car and you're going to take yourself off the cliff. And I've done this myself, so I know, I know what that leads us to. He's saying, trust, trust in the spirit who will lead you to life and to peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Anybody with me? Amen? Amen. Amen. He says this, the mindset of the flesh is death. The mindset of the spirit is life and peace. One of the things that the Spirit gives us is the power to bring dead things back to life. 
He not only brings things back to life, but he gives us, he empowers us to do the same. Paul says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, if you have accepted Jesus, it means he does, just in case you're wondering, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life. That same power that took the Jesus who was absolutely dead. You know, that's the most powerful thing that happened on the cross. Never has it happened since Jesus went on the cross. He was dead, no question about it, and God brought him back to life. It's what atheists will fight against. It's what people who don't believe in Jesus will try to deny, but he was brought back to life. He conquered the flesh, the earthly things, the biggest thing of it, death, so that he would have life, we would have life. You and I have the most amazing power living in us. It brings life. What is our posture towards that power? Now, I love my grandchildren. I've got seven, and this week I'm convinced I will have my number eight, because Christina is already past due. She was due last week, and she's not yet, and she's going to have a little girl. And I love being with my grandchildren. Last weekend, uh, Friday, it was my birthday, and I had uh, three of my little grandchildren with me. The youngest right now is Ryan. She's about to be upstaged by another little girl. But right now, one of the things that little kids do is that when they're, when they're with me, when Ryan is with me and she needs anything, Ryan comes right up to me, Nana, Nana, like that. And often she doesn't even say Nana. She just like puts her hands up and is like, Pick me up. I know you have what I need. You have my Bobby. You have my milk bottle. You have comforts and hugs. You may have the toy that I want. You're probably going to take me where I want to go. I know you have all that I need. And she is willing. And I remember each of our grandchildren doing the same thing, each of my children, willing to just humble herself and go, please, I need you. Do we have that posture towards the Holy Spirit? Like a little child, I need you. I need you to guide me. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to bring life to this dead relationship. I need you to bring life to this dream that you had put in my heart. I need you to breathe life into my purpose and the way that I live my life. I need you to breathe life into my ability to even follow you, Jesus. I need you for every single breath, Holy Spirit. Would you please, Father, lead me every step of the day? Do we have that kind of posture? towards the Spirit. And if we don't, oh my goodness, I'm asking myself this question, so listen, I'm not pointing my finger at you. I am asking myself this week, especially as I prepare, do I have that posture? And boy, what does it take for me to get to that posture? Because that, the truth is, He is living in me. I know that. And if you have Him, you know it, because you know, you hear that voice. You're, you know, you're, you're going to do something, and it, He changes the way that you do things, the way that you see the world, and when you're when you're going left, he's kind of going, hey, that's not a good way to go. You may not want to do that. And you sense the spirit active in our lives. And we're being transformed, Paul says, being changed by the spirit step by step. In 2 Corinthians, he says this, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, 
Little by little, the Spirit is changing us. And who does this? It's from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's from the Holy Spirit who is transforming us. This word transform is passive. It is the Holy Spirit that is changing us from the inside out. It's the same word that we use about a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Now, have you seen the beautiful butterflies flying all over the place? They're called a painted lady. They're, I mean, goodness, billions of them all over Orange County. Oh, what a great reminder this week. Because, you know, you have to think about that little caterpillar. He is like, crawling around the ground, eating some leaves, eating some twigs, having a good life, making sure no bird eats them, right? Hiding all along. And he gets really tired. He climbs up a tree and takes a nap, a really, really long nap. And then he wakes up and by golly, he can fly. (laughs) And those butterflies, did you see how fast they're flying? I so badly wanted to look at one and those things are going 25 miles an hour. They're like, I can fly, I can fly. I'm going to Oregon. When the Spirit is in us, He is transforming us, giving us new life. He is giving us wings. He is giving us life, and the power is such a way it ought to startle us. It ought to overjoy us in such a way we cannot wait to share that with the rest of the world. It makes, the Holy Spirit makes beautiful things out of us. He does. And the second thing He does is He brings peace in our life. Now listen, peace is something we want so desperately, don't we? And the word that the scripture uses for peace isn't just that mm, good feeling, right? Though it does, includes that. But it's the wholeness. All as it should be. Have you had those moments where like, like everything's happening as it should be? And you like pause for a moment and go, wow, man, this is so good. I just have to remember this moment, this feeling right here at this moment. Like maybe when you hit the golf ball, and it just goes nice and smooth all the way, exactly to the hole. Hole in one, nice. Life should always be that easy. Peace, that kind of peace is a promise the Holy Spirit gives us. And once again, Paul is repeating himself over and over, comparing a life led by the flesh which leads to death and a life led by the Spirit which leads to life. But here he says this, In verse 12 and 13, he says, listen, because of all of this, brothers and sisters, we, oh, you got to read that with me. We are not obligated to the flesh. We're not obligated to live according to the flesh because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. You choose that way, you're going to die. I mean, how black and white does it get? You know, some of us don't like the fire and brimstone kind of gospel presentation, but here's one of them. It's by Paul himself. You choose life or you choose death. He says, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. By the Spirit, not by your effort. Every every religion that is man-made has us earning our way to God, has us attempting to do things to please God, to make up for our sins, to to pay in our own way, to fix ourselves. And sometimes even Christianity gets lost on that path. And how many Christians take on that posture that, look, all I have to do is just work harder, work at it myself, conquer uh, our sin on our own. 
You know, the Puritans, they came to this country to start anew. We're going to do certain things a certain way, and we're all going to be good. Well, listen, we can't. It has to be done by the Spirit. And that brings us peace, because I don't know about you, I've tried to be a good person on my own. I did not become a believer until I was 40 because I wanted a lot of years of practice. And I'm telling you, I've got the experience, and some of your brothers and sisters have it too, to know we cannot do it on our own. We cannot. He says, by the Spirit, but by the power of the Spirit, we can. With the Spirit, we can. He gives us the power to do so, and that brings us peace. You know, when I struggle, when I do what I don't want to do, when I, when I find myself falling short, which we still all do, I have peace in my heart. The enemy is right there going, ah, there you are again. You did that. See, this is who you are. This is, and I go, no, I'm not. I have a peace in my heart to go, okay, that wasn't right. That wasn't good. I am forgiven by Christ, and I ask God to help me the next time that I would not make that same choice. But I am forgiven. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. I am his. That's the case for you as well. When you fall short, when you find yourself back there again and again and again, remember this, the enemy is going to want to say to you, you see, you're not really a believer. You see, you're not really a good person. You see, you're not really able to do this on your own. And the answer should be, that's correct, I am not. But the Holy Spirit who brought Jesus back from the dead, the one who conquered sin, the one who defeated you on the cross, he lives in me. And because of that, I am victorious. And because of that, I have peace in my heart that I am right with God and that one day I will be in his full presence. I, it's not an excuse to sin, to swan die, because it always leads to death. But it's also a reminder we are saved by grace, grace after grace after grace after grace. And we are transformed from glory to glory, and that should bring us peace. No matter what's happening in our lives, we are led by the Spirit towards life and towards peace. We should not fear God's judgment. We remember that we have been empowered to kill what's trying to kill us. Look at these words from 2 Corinthians. Paul says, although I live in the flesh, that's us, we're still in this earthly existence. We do not wage war according to the flesh. We don't fight the same way we used to anymore, with the same weapons. Because since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of the powerful, they're powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. It means that whatever is trying to hold us down, the Holy Spirit helps us put to death. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive. Remember how Paul started, the mind that is set on the flesh, right, takes on the mindset of the flesh, which is death. But the mind, the thinking, the thoughts captive that is set on the spirit is going to have the mindset of the spirit, which is life and peace. We take every thought captive and we give it to the Holy Spirit to lead us. And that gives us peace. Wow, I got through the whole sermon in time. I can't believe it. <laughs> Woo! I got more to say. You want me to keep going? <laughs> Listen, all is to say, we, every single person, 
faces this fork on the road. Every person at one point or another has to reach a point where they have to decide, we have to decide, am I going to continue to be led by my desires, my wants, my wills, the world's ways, which we know are exhausting and don't really pay off. They promise, 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 but don't deliver. Am I going to keep that going? Or am I going to choose to be led by the God who gave me life, life eternal, who is wanting to lead me every step of the way, making my life purposeful, beautiful, meaningful, lasting for eternity with them? We have to choose. And if you've never made that choice, you've never said, I want the Spirit in my life. I want Jesus to come into my life. This is a really good day to do so. And I want to invite you, just get up and say, I believe. Now, by now, you've got a lot of time to think about this, and probably the Spirit is going, come on, come on, let's do this. So if you're in the room, and I don't know if you're in the room, but if you are, just get up, say, I believe, I believe, I'm in. I want the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I want to create a moment for you. And I want to give you time because if you're here and you're, you're, you know this is the day, March 17, 2019, to say yes to Jesus, we're not in a hurry. Anybody in a hurry? No. So I'll give you another second if you want to do it. If you're a little shy, I understand. It's a lot of people in this room. And there's no darkness in this room. Everybody can see you. But we want to celebrate that with you. It's okay. We're only going to be happy for you. That's all. Amen. Amen. Amen, sister. Anybody else want to stand up and say it? C.S. Lewis said, God cannot give us peace apart from himself because there is no such thing. If you want a peace that comes from God, we first have to say, I believe. We have to trust in Jesus. And then we have to be led by the Spirit. And so I'm guessing the rest of you are already in relationship with Jesus. And you have the Spirit leading you already. But today I want to remind all of us, and myself included, that we put ourselves in the posture, that we place ourselves in the back seat per se, right? And say, Spirit, lead us. Like a child lifting up our hands and going, you lead us, you know the way. And, and let yourself just be trusting that God will take you to life and to peace, no matter the circumstances. That is his direction that he's leading you. Why would we not say yes to that, right? But if you somehow forgot and you are fighting with the Spirit and not letting Him lead you, today is a good day to say, I'm going to release that. I'm going to surrender that. I cannot do these things on my own. Spirit of the living God, dwell in me in such a way that I feel your guidance and I want to follow you every step. And as we ask the worship team to come up and we take communion together, I want to speak to a few of you who perhaps feel like, look, I've been trying this. I am stuck in an addiction or 
cycle that is destructive and I can't seem to get myself out of it. Well, we have Monday nights, every Monday night, we have at the upper room gatherings of people that come together to help you on that struggle. The struggle is not, it's not the problem, it's doing it alone. You don't want to do this alone. You want to do this in community. So if you need that, check out the Monday night meetings. It's on your bulletin. But for the rest of us, I'm going to invite the elders to come up. Today, we're going to take communion, serve by them. And I love this because we are doing this together. The Spirit unites us as one body. And when we take communion together and we have someone serve it to us, we are reminded that we are on this journey towards peace and life together, not alone. So would you stand? I want to pray for us. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. As we now respond to what you called us to today, I pray that you would give each and every one of us a determination to listen to you, to set our minds on your mindset, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we want to surrender that you would lead us because we know that you are leading us only to good things to life and to peace. So as we respond, speak to every single one of us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may respond. Thank you again for listening. Make sure to learn more about Inez Franklin at www.inezfranklin.com. You can help share these teachings by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sending this episode to a friend. Make sure to follow Inez Franklin on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more, where she is engaging with the community and inviting us to participate with God and His work together. Thanks again. Thank you.